Hello and welcome to the PFFUI podcast. On this month's episode, President Tony Murray and Vice President Mike Whitehead provide a halfway update of the 2023 legislative session. After, President Larry Tillman from the Gary Firefighters Local 359 joins the podcast to provide an update from Northwest Indiana. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us for the February edition of the PFFUI podcast. I am your host, Eric Schoib, and I'm joined today by President Tony Murray and Vice President Mike Whited. We are halfway through the 2023 Indiana legislative session. We have Tony and Mike here to provide us a report from the first half. So, Mike, what's been going on at the State House? Thanks, Eric, for having us here. Um, the PFFUI is doing very well. Again, this legislative session, a number of our priority bills have passed. They passed pretty quickly the first part of the General Assembly session. Um, To to look at some of the ones that's passed already is uh, uh, House Bill 1016, our uh, police and fire merit. Um, It's passed the House. It actually passed the House unanimous. Uh, it's going to the Senate in the second half. It'll start the process all over again. But what that does is, in this bill, any um, city or town with a population of 7,500 or 10,000 or more, excuse me, and uh, 12 or more full-time uh, firefighters will adopt a merit system unless the the majority of the firefighters and the majority of the legislative branch both vote to reject uh, having a merit system. So that one passed. Uh, The next one, House Bill 1025, uh, that's our firefighter discipline bill. What that does is it adds uh, township or uh, fire territories and fire districts to the the Indiana Code that, that covers discipline for firefighters. Uh, we've got uh, a couple PFOS bills that have passed that uh, protects firefighters. Uh, one of them is uh, House Bill 1219. And what this will do is it'll start a pilot program testing up to 1,000 firefighters a year for uh, levels of PFOS in their, in their blood. Uh, we're learning more and more about PFOS. Uh, up until last year, we didn't, didn't even know what elevated levels were now we're we're learning that also there was no labs in indiana that actually tested for that Uh, now there's a a company in california that has been endorsed by the international that will excuse me that will do in-home test kits they'll send them to the firefighters you can uh, prick your finger send this test back to the company They'll check the levels. They'll send you the information and also send the information to Homeland Security. Uh, and what we're wanting to do is build a database on the correlation of PFOS levels in firefighters' blood versus the, the general public. Uh, the other bill— I, I would say, too, on that, Mike, if I could make a comment that— 
the bill's author, Representative Maureen Bauer, out of the South Bend area, uh, has been working on this bill for a few years at least. I think it's been at least a couple of sessions. But she has really um, taken a deep dive into this and really honed this bill. Uh, we had excellent uh, testimony from, uh, you know, legislators like to hear uh, from folks that, that their potential legislation could affect. And we had... Um, the, uh, not only the South Bend Fire Chief come in uh, in committee to testify in support of the bill, but we also had uh, uh, President Christian Rose from the South Bend Firefighters Local and Vice President Eric Griffin uh, come in uh, to to uh, offer testimony on that particular bill as well. And I think that that was very helpful um, to send a very clear message. And they've had, like other fire departments uh, across our state, um, have had more cases of cancer um, then, uh, you know, obviously we, we don't like to see any cases of cancer, but they've had an elevated uh, rate of cancer. So it was very important that they were there to testify, yeah. uh, especially to support uh, their home legislators' uh, uh, bill. It, those are good points. Thanks for pointing those out, Tony. Also, I'd like to add along that line is Representative Bauer, this is her third session at the General Assembly, and this is her first bill that she's gotten passed uh, out of the house so it was a big big accomplishment for her and she was very very happy about as she should be that's uh, right that accomplishments it's a big big accomplishment yeah that we happen to benefit from and then the next pfos bill is house bill 1341 and what this deals with is uh, uh, putting a label on our turnout gear as you know our turnout gear contains pfos and there's no manufacturer currently that manufactures a PFOS-free turnout gear. So what this will do is it will be required to put a label on the the gear saying this contains PFOS as an awareness, and then hopefully eventually when there is uh, gear that's manufactured that's PFOS-free, we'll start uh, moving towards purchasing PFOS-free gear. We really think that this is going to really help to contribute to the solution in the end, and, and working with the manufacturers uh, to get this done sooner rather than later. That's right. And then uh, there's uh, another one that was passed, House Bill 1578. It deals with restricted addresses. Uh, this will allow uh, firefighters and EMS to uh, petition to have their personal information removed from uh, uh, public record. That one passed the House. Yeah, and that was another important um uh, committee hearing and the testimony from uh, 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 Brother Jonathan Wright from the Evansville local uh, came up to testify in this because he is he he brought this issue essentially his experience brought this issue forward he was um, attacked on a uh, EMS call um, in Evansville and uh, uh, and and suffered injuries from that attack and uh, it took some time to recuperate but he was joined by uh, again the fire chief in in Evansville and also the local president, Larry Zuber, uh, to testify in support of that bill and, and really articulated the message very clear um, as to why our members also need uh, this type of protection if they choose, uh, just like law enforcement. Yep. And then uh, Senate Bill 43, this deals with residency of 911 operators. Uh, this bill will say when it passes, and it has passed the Senate, it will restrict uh, local units of government for uh, 
mandating that their 911 operators live inside the city limits or inside the county, so they'll be treated just like firefighters. Perhaps this is a little-known fact. Local 416, one of our local affiliates in the PFFUI, um, represents um, the uh, 911 um, uh, dispatchers. In Marion County, yeah. and they're the ones that's being mandated right now to live inside the city limits. That's right. Yes. So this will go a long way in helping those brothers and sisters. Uh, Senate Bill 185 deals with uh, the 1977 fund membership. This will, <clears throat> excuse me, this will allow uh, airport authority firefighters to be able to get into the 1977 police and fire pension fund, which is a huge benefit for uh, those firefighters there at the airport. In addition, it was also amended in uh, committee that uh, uh, this will increase the hiring age for firefighters. Currently, you have to be appointed before your 36th birthday. With the amendment that passed out of committee and passed the Senate floor, uh, now it will increase the hiring age to you have to be appointed before your 40th birthday. And we supported that amendment. Um, You know, this was something that, that the police... Uh, had changed uh, just a couple of sessions ago, and we really wanted to take some time and, and did get some evaluation uh, from the fund to see what impact, if any, um, hiring an increased age a police officer would have before we, um, you know, we did a little bit of analysis before we agreed to this. But this is coming. This will help with recruitment, we hope, um, and is a good piece and really is very important as to why we're in the halls and in these committees uh, every single day of the session because these amendments do come about and it affects the overall outcome of the bill. Yes. And then um, House Bill 1173 deals with um, uh, utility uh, battery storage. There's more and more electric vehicles out there. There's more and more of these lithium batteries. They're stored on, on site. This one... Uh, it has passed the House, and what this does is it, it deals with the storage facilities. A um, couple of key things that went into this bill is it NFPA 855, it addresses that and says that uh, these uh, storage facilities have to follow NFPA, which is huge because we don't have a lot of NFPA in Indiana code. The other parts of it, these storage facilities have to annually uh, provide training to the fire departments that are going to be responding to these facilities on um, the hazards and uh, way to suppress these fires. So uh, we, uh, we supported this. We feel like if you're going to have these in your area, these facilities should be responsible of training the firefighters and uh, help protect the safety of the firefighters. Yeah. UL um, actually has done uh, some videos uh, that's worthwhile, I think, for members to take a look at uh, by searching uh, online in these uh, battery storage facilities um, just to because we're learning more and more about that there's a lot of unknowns in terms of how you approach uh, those incidents at those uh, locations. Yep. And then uh, House Bill 1321, was just heard in committee today. There was an amendment that put was put in it for fire and EMS, and this has to do with uh, training and uh, developing some standards for uh, uh, mental health and wellness of uh, fire and EMS. 
um, to deal with uh, suicides and the, the well-being of uh, firefighters and EMS. We all know the, the things that we see on these runs. It builds up. Uh, now we need some training on, on how to deal with it. And, and this bill, um, I think, is – and when we testified um, on this bill, this is a, the epitome of um, good government and good policy uh, because it instills – uh, this issue of suicide prevention, mental health, um, education awareness from day one in basic training, both in law enforcement, uh, fire and EMS, but also requires a revisit annually uh, about these topics. And it's important that, um, we're, that we're intentional about talking about these things um, and about helping our members uh, take steps to uh, monitor their health and in incorporated into overall health is mental health so it's important that's right and and then uh, another one is uh, uh, the house bill 1001 this is a long session means they deal with the biannual budget house bill 1001 is the budget bill and we monitor this one very close because it has some things in this that deal with us one of the parts that's in this budget bill right now is money dedicated to uh, Indiana Department of Homeland Security that that is going to go to our Central Fire Academy and all of the regional uh, uh, training. Uh, they deal with. They're talking about a spoken wheel, the the wheel being the center part, the Central Fire Academy, and the spokes are all these regional training that comes off of that. There's money in there to 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 repair the ones that are in existence. And also add some new ones. So we have these uh, outreach facilities close to uh, to where firefighters are at. Uh, the other one is there's money going in there, the uh, Department of Health, uh, for recruitment and training of uh, EMTs and paramedics. It will be a grant that uh, local units can apply for to help uh, um, recruit and train uh, their EMTs and paramedics. And then uh, there's uh, <clears throat> three bills that's going to be sent to summer study committee that the authors are asking to look at this summer to do a, a more in-depth look. One of them is uh, <clears throat> on our drop, to increase our drop from three to five years. That's got a cost factor to it. What's it going to cost? What's the benefits? So we're, we're going to look at that. Uh, the other one is... Um, um, Looking at right now, it's it's you've got to be a, a firefighter for 20 years before you're vested to retire, and you have to be at least 52 years of age. Look at lowering the the vestment to 10 years and be able to retire earlier than 52. This obviously is going to have a huge cost to the the pension fund. What's that cost? We don't know. So the the author of the bill wants to look at it to see. If it's feasible, and it's important that we do make sure that there's an analysis done um, of of the impact and the cost, and, and to see you know what is the value proposition in making those changes. So it's 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 proper, and we agree that this is sent to be studied through the uh, the summer uh, study portion uh, before that there's legislation uh, brought to the next session. So it's important, right? And then the other one is. Uh, Looking at retiring at the top three. Currently, you retire at uh, uh, 
private firefighter plus up to 25 years longevity. Overtime, rank pay, none of that's calculated in it. Uh, with this bill here, Senate the Summer Study Committee, looking at uh, it would add uh, your top three years. So, um, And it doesn't have to be the last three. It's whatever your highest three years are. And it's a, an average of those high three years. So that's another one that's uh, going to be looked at in detail this summer. Everything has a price tag. Right. <laughs> and then one of our priority bills that has not got a hearing, and that is uh, uh, House Bill 1549. And <clears throat> that one is our priority bill. And what we want to do, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, add – Increase our, our COLA cap from 3% to 5%. Uh, that definitely has a price tag on it. Uh, it's about $94 million. Um, and we're looking to, uh, to to bump that up because of the way the economy is right now. Um, it's based on the CPI. Uh, historically, we've not come close to the 3%. But uh, last year, we were well over three percent and our retirees in the 77 fund got a three percent so it's directly related to inflation yes uh, so yeah we're looking to do that it <clears throat> it didn't get a hearing simply because um it's an unwritten rule that anything that's got a price tag on it that deals with pension is supposed to be voted out at pmoc pension Man- management oversight commission and uh uh, it didn't. It was discussed at PMOC this summer, but they didn't take an official vote. So the chairman of the House uh, Pensions and Labor, which happens to be a co-author on the bill, uh, didn't hear it. So we're working working a lot of different angles. We have his blessing to, to do this. Uh, and there may be some opportunity uh, to get that language inserted in some other places on the in the second half right. of the session. So we're so, not we're not giving up on on any opportunity because i think you know mike and i have uh, discussed this that you know for our members this is the time this is the opportunity uh, because that there are dollars available maybe it's just you know a matter of directing those dollars and prioritizing those dollars but as mike stated this is directly um relatable to retirees right now because of the astronomical inflation um, that we experienced in 2022 and it's still here right in 2023 yeah so what are some things that we can be looking forward to in the second half of the legislative session in 2023? Well, hopefully the, the ones that we've got passed out of one chamber, uh, it's got to go through the same process all over again in the opposite chamber. So it's got to get assigned to a committee. We're going to be there testifying committee. Um, and hopefully we'll a, a lot of our priority bills will be sitting in, on the governor's desk at the end of April to be signed. And, and and that's an important point uh, for our members to understand that this process begins all over again. Uh, but the nice thing is, is that you know we we you know work even outside of of uh, you know that particular hearing to sort of look down the road and make sure that we're lining up some uh, at a legislator to carry uh, in the next chamber. So and we have all of those uh, you know right. and and. You know, it's not uncommon to the bills that we support and advocate for 
Uh, we have legislators that that sign on as co-sponsors, many of them, because you know they regard it as a you know a good issue and a good bill and a good piece of legislation. Yeah, a lot of times we uh, we have a more than enough legislators that want to sign on to our legislation because historically our bills pass both chambers usually unanimous. It's bipartisan bills. Yeah, and that's not by accident. We work it. We're engaged, we have conversation, and we, you know, it's sort of like a shepherd, you know, yeah. uh, shepherding our bill and, and the things that are important to our members through those uh, legislative proceedings. Yeah, the, the our priority bills that we're working on right now, we started this process back last April. Yeah. As soon as the session was over, we already had our agenda for the 23 session, and we started working it right then. Yeah, no off-season in this work. All right, Mike. Well, thank you for stopping by today and giving us an update on the 2023 legislative session. And I'm sure we'll be checking back in uh, once we have anything to report. Thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure. And thanks for doing this. Joining us now is Larry Tillman. Larry Tillman serves as president of Gary Firefighters Local 359 and also as first region trustee of the Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana. Larry, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So, Larry, how long have you been a firefighter in Gary? Well, I started my career in 2005. Um, I started off on Rescue Squad 2 um, on 16th and Adams in Gary. Um, I didn't know anything about the fire service. Came on uh, because one of my buddies wanted to test, and I ended up loving the career. Um, I progressed and did hazmat tech. EMT, rescue diver, um, and various certifications during that time. I just, I really liked it. Everything that I was doing to be able to help people out in the field, uh, in the community. I came from working in the mill. So it was just production and production, production. But the, the feeling that you got after helping people in the community just really made me love what I, what I did. And it wasn't about money or anything like that it just it, it was a family and I'm, I've been hooked ever since are you uh Larry are you first generation firefighter? yes yes first family? generation yeah. correct yeah so my father was in the air force and he worked at U.S. Steel and various other positions as a mechanic so what is your favorite specialty on the job because I know you just listed you know EMT hazmat dive all of these things so which one was or is your just, favorite? Just the squat. I like the squat. I like to run. Um, I like to be busy. Um, I, it, when, it, when it went down, I, I hated it. I hate being moved around to, you know, the, I mean, the truck and the engine is cool. You know, I like them responding. I like the uh, things that they do. But I did like responding to every fire, every car accident in the city. I just... I love the career. So I think you have to explain uh, for listeners a little bit. Um, squad means different things in different places. Okay. Uh, what's a, what's a Gary Fire Department squad? And well, the squad Ga- two. Well, right. Gary Fire Department squad two responded to every fire, every car accident, hazmat, um, high angle rescue, um, confined space, anything that was going on. And anything that they couldn't figure out, that they they would send the squad to 
try to figure it out, even if it wasn't under their purview. So, yeah. extrication, um, specialty uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, extrication. Water, anything. Because yes, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of elements correct, going on correct. In, in the city of Gary correct. in terms of you know hazards that the fire department responds correct. to. Correct. 54 yeah. square miles, crossroads of America. You have Klein, 12 and 20, I-65. It's, it's roads everywhere. So 8094, the Boardman. 80, 80, yeah, 8094. Lake Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, and you are president of Local 359, and how long have you served as president? Okay. At the end of 2020, I became the president um, uh, because of the prior president leaving, and um, I was elected in the beginning of 2021, uh, officially by the members of the local. All right, so tell us a bit about your involvement in Local 359. What are some reasons why you decided to be more involved? So one of my initial introductions into Local 359 was in 2019 during the um, municipal election season. Um, the uh, then president reached out to uh, President Hanafi at the time to ask for help during this time because we hadn't been receiving a lot of um, response from our administration from over the years. And so we decided to start getting involved politically. Uh, he, at that time, deployed now president tony murray and first district vice president john parkhouse to come out and assist um you were larry you were on the pack board at that yes, time is at that the, right yeah is that at that time right? the uh, president put had me come out for the trustee for the pack committee yeah and we set up met you out there at outback on us 30 and we started planning and so uh, there's we, nothing like a blooming onion to, right. to kick off a, a, a political action conversation. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, Absolutely. exactly. And that's what did it. That yeah. was the key. And that's when you and I first met. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you've been pleasant ever since. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we moved on in that year, um, and then we came to the 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 convention. That was the first convention that I had been to, and it was in Jeffersonville. You know, so they did an awesome job. You know, shout out to um, um, Joe. Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe Hurt. Yeah. He was running around like a celebrity. I got to see, I got to listen to all of the stuff that we were complaining about in our city that other cities was working on with their elected officials. And it was like, man, this is actually the proper way to do it. You know, it gave me an avenue to bring back ideas to our city and have have that same stuff implemented there. So I've been stealing ideas from PFFUI ever since and taking them back to the local. And it's just been um, we've been pushing it forward you know, ever since. Then. That was probably your first. It, it seems like that was probably your first interaction about the brother and sisterhood on Correct. a broader basis to talk about labor issues Correct. and how uh, other locals have achieved their goals or some of the struggles that they went through, but also to collaborate Correct. and to build unity and you know take away from that gathering uh, and you said it best take away things from that gathering that that help you be able to do your work back in your local correct it was just a lot of you know sharing it, it felt good to know that you weren't alone yeah you know yeah. a lot of people in my area had kind of lost hope because it was just like the administration can do what they want and, and, and that was it yeah and it's a network yeah. it's a network of resources correct you know that yeah that's right. good so what is 
what what has your biggest takeaway been as a part of union leadership uh, since you've taken over the reins of Local 359? Um, I would say f- for me, I w- first off, I wish I would have got involved earlier on in my career. But my biggest takeaway is that the advocacy that the union has for the membership is just awesome. And if you're having any issues in any area of your career or um, with your local negotiating with your administration, council, whatever, reach out to your local. They're, they're there to help you, and they love doing it. And, and for those that have never met you, you you are one of the most sincere people that I've ever met in this work. And I, I mean that honestly. You are a gentleman, and everywhere you go, that's what you're known for. But you have a dedication to the men and women of your local um, that is um, that is a, a very. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say that you, you do great work. You have a big family, yes, um, of your own, yes, and everybody has lives and. But, but Larry, you're the type of person that really takes your commitment and your oath of office to the next level uh, for the men and women in your local. You are at everything and engaged in everything that you need to be. And to be honest, I mean, you might have a little more struggles in terms of right. uh, maybe, you know, in your local than you do in other places. Correct. So that, for, it starts with a leader, but it also has to do with a good team and i think that larry you have both yeah <laughs> and you have spun yourself up to speed in a way that um is it's been remarkable really i mean we we sort of come in here and i i look at new leaders and talk to new leaders who are elected and and they say i don't know what to do I don't, well and we have a we're, we're around a corner in in many of our 84 locals in indiana where we have a lot of new leadership coming about yeah. um who all sort of have the same sense I don't, I, I, I've never done, well, you know what, when I started in, in, you know, being a, a union advocate and getting involved, I didn't have any experience either. That's what the resources and, and putting, you know, people in the right places and having the right conversations really matters. And I think that you really, you were never one to, to shy away from asking questions. And that's how it begins. You learn by asking questions. And this is a, this is an art. Right. <laughs> you know? I was actually content being in my station um, doing the work and keeping my head down. I thought that the elected officials would just come to us and automatically do for us. And so once I joined the union and saw the work that um, you all were doing here, I, you all are doing the same exact thing. You are still fighting a good fight for the members that are out there working every day and letting their voice be heard in a different way. And so that is what made me fall in love with it because you are putting yourself in a line of fire just like you would on the street because it's not easy what you do because you're going up against people who probably aren't that, you know, willing to give up financial uh, support to you and things of that nature. We got to make a case. We got to support our ass. Correct. We have to advocate for things. Uh, that are important to our members. You know, that's that's what it's about. And, and we're in a competition. Yeah. You know, we're in a competition for a piece of that pie. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you talk about 
being happy and content within your firehouse in mm-hmm. Gary. So was there a incident or a specific instance that made you become uh, less content and want to be more involved or just have that driving force to where you are today? Well, this was kind of a downhill for a while. Back in uh, 2006, uh, the then mayor that we had, had he, he left the job, I mean, left office, and we received a new mayor. Uh, he immediately came in and stopped a 21% raise that we were supposed to get. We, we got the first portion of it. It was supposed to be 7% over three years. And this got, is back in 06. This is back in 06. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he came in 06, he was like, no, that, that the second and third portion is not going to happen. Then after that, he went for four uh, men on the rig, the four-man staffing. He reduced that down to three, took our contract to court, to, to make it where it was null and void, um, increased our insurance um, contribution that we we're supposed to give. It was like at that time, $80 for a family. Right now we're paying like $430 a month. So it was just things that kept happening to us. The, the numbers, we were at 275 members. We're down to 143 now. And the 275 members before used to be just full-time firefighters we had a 60 member civilian ems division that was separate division of the fire department correct now that was removed and they started making the firefighters become emts so that 143 firefighters are doing dual role at this time when that was over 300 plus back in 2005 i'm assuming those changes got your attention most definitely most definitely. It made the job increasingly hard. You're doing three times the work with one-third the people, and it, it, it's not fun. And multiple people are leaving. I mean, a lot of people are leaving on injury. A lot of people are leaving the job just for um, different departments that are better staffed and, you know, with better pay. And it's, it's a problem. But I'm from Gary, so I, I love being there. I don't know if I can do that job anywhere else. And it's many of the members there are the same way. Yeah. And, and you know, I think this is a good place to talk about sort of um, you're off the job right now. Correct. And that, ha- that has happened since you become local president. Um, talk about what that you're, you're retired disabled. Correct. Uh, because of a line of duty injury. Can you talk about that a little bit? And so that's meant to you? Um, during the pandemic in 2020, there was a warehouse fire in September that came in. Uh, a little before midnight, I was working on um, the truck, two at the time. And we went there. I worked from before midnight to around 2.30 in the morning. Um, I had some pain in my neck as I was getting back into the rig, taking off my air tank. Then I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'll brush it off. I'll keep going. Got back to the station, and it started to increase. I started having... Uh, numbness in the arm, heavy pain in the neck, couldn't really turn my neck from, from side to side. And uh, once I start, stopped having filling in my hand and dropped my glove, that's when one of the uh, my fellow firefighters contacted the ambulance to come and assist me. Mm-hmm. And so since then, I've been off. Um, I've uh, had cervical disc injections, um, prolotherapy, uh, all type of therapies 
They want to replace a cervical disc from C5 to C6. And I just feel like I'm young. I'm, I'm nervous about doing it. And I, I think that moving into the role of president and what the doctor was telling me about having that surgery and the damage that was in my neck, he's saying this is the difference between you being able to play with your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you love the job, but you might have to step away. And so once that happened, I, I grew fond of this role, fighting for the members on the department because the support that comes from the city after that is pretty lackluster. Mm-hmm. And so my job now is to bring attention to that and try to have safeguards put in place so this doesn't happen more. You know, why are we still at three man per rig? Why are we down to 143 members? We take over 17,000 calls per year. That's a lot. These these people are running around the clock, 24 hours, still keeping a, a, a smile on their face, but not being heard. And so that I think that needs to change. Mm-hmm. So all of the things that you all are doing with PFFUI, fighting for uh, cancer screening, um, the, like annual physicals, we still don't even do that. Mm-hmm. But they started up random drug testing. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're in a place where, one, I think that we have to acknowledge that uh, the benefits that we have from our 77 uh, uh, retirement and disability system matter and it matters to you you are a young person yes you know and those things matter but you are you and your team are moving up a pretty heavy rock up a pretty steep hill you know and and there are places that have challenges but but uh your local has extreme challenges uh, you know um and but you're working every day yeah you know you're working every day to help address those issues and and trying to get incremental progress each and every day one thing i do want to mention is you know, you talked about changes. You talk. You mentioned the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad to say that this year, 2023, marks 20 years of the Gary Firefighters 359 have not had a contract, a labor agreement. Talk about that. What's the? That has to be a goal for yes. you and your members. That is a major goal. And when you came in 2019 to assist us with um, the election that was going on that was the main point that was the main point that was the main point of everyone's speech when they came to address us Mm -hmm. was to work on a collective bargaining agreement and we've been reasonable we've submitted proposals we we did it early in 2021 in 2022 to no no response at all we're not giving up on that no we're We're still not giving up up. no we're not the men and women the gary fire department and local 359 Deserve a contract, and we're not giving up on that issue. And I know that you work every day to move that rock up that steep hill, yeah. and that's part of it. That's a you know, I, I envision that's going to happen, but it's good, you know. And what we probably ought to do is uh, throw that dead contract a birthday party. Uh, twenty three years, yeah, right? 20, 20, 20 years, years. Yeah. twenty years, yeah. twenty years. Yeah. Uh, we need to acknowledge that, yeah. you know. So. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Larry. So besides having a new contract or a contract for the first time in 20 years, what is next for the Gary firefighters? What are your short-term goals for Local 359? Well, 
we would like to work on first off bringing the membership up to speed on the importance of local union governance and being involved um increasing our imprint in the community when it comes to uh, community outreach outside of working every day and just giving back in the in the space where we work. Um, we have had some successes over the last few years with using money to increase our pension base, $20,000. Uh, in 2021, there was a 12% raise proposed by the Gary Common Council, which went over very well and passed, um, and a 3% raise. But you had to initiate that. Yes. Right? These are all wins, and yeah. these are great to talk about. But you had to initiate it. Yeah. Right? You had to initiate yeah. it, and that's the function of the union. Correct. Good job. Yeah. So that, And that's it, just showing up and being present. We didn't know how, this, um, how did, that worked. So us starting to go to the council meetings, like we heard you all say down here during convention, you have to show up. You have to let them see your face because they have to know who they're saying yes and no to. That's right. And so that's what I started doing, and that's what I started having the executive board do along with me. So it's been, it's been a great um, fight. Um, I think that we have every demographic covered right now with uh, my vice president, Kevin Benford, um, our recording secretary, uh, Tyrone Jackson. He's came on in 2018. Um, Benford has been there for over 20 years. And me, I'm like right in the middle. So we have all of that covered. So we're able to uh, reach the membership very well right now. Well, Larry, I just want to thank you for all of your hard work because I think we all know how much of a challenge that it can be, and we know how much time that you spend away from your family and your loved ones to yeah. just do the job that you love and care about. So just wanted to thank you for joining us today and wanted to uh, thank you for your time, Tony. And based on your experience with me, I think that you have a long-tenured experience in union leadership in that short time that you've been a, a union president, local president, uh, you've developed some skills in a way that I think, you know, markets to our young, new union leaders. And you're a mentor now for those, <laughs> for those new, whether you believe it or not, you are. And um, I would just encourage our, our new local leaders to, to look you up and seek you out. And uh, you attend everything yeah. uh, that the PFFUI does. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate the work that you do both in the local but on uh, behalf of the PFFUI. Yeah, I take it uh, as a very serious matter, representing on behalf of my membership, and I watch what you all do every step of the way, and I just take it home and implement it. Thank you for listening to the February edition of the PFFUI podcast. For more information on news and upcoming events, visit us on social media or on the web at pffui.com. My name is Eric Scheub, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next month.